going to read Proverbs in chapter 6, and we're going to start with verse 16 and go down to verse number 19. Proverbs chapter number 6, start with verse number 16. The Bible says, These six things doth the Lord hate. Yea, seven are an abomination unto him, a proud look, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood, and heart that deviseth wicked imaginations, feet that be swift in running to mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among brethren. Let's pray. Father, I come to you tonight, and Lord, I, I ask you for these people. Lord, I love them. Father, the, it's, a, it's, a, it's an honor and a privilege to be able to serve in this church as the pastor. Lord, I pray that tonight you would lift up your word. And Father, I pray that your son would be edified. Lord, I ask that if there is anybody in this room tonight without the Savior, that tonight would be the night of their salvation. And Father, I pray that if there are hearts in here that need comfort, that tonight they'd find comfort. If there are hearts in here that need conviction, I pray that they'd find conviction. Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit would have freedom to move about and to touch hearts as he would. And Lord, I ask that every one of us would be willing to be changed to be more like you. I ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Proverbs in chapter number 6. Verse 16, it says, These six things doth the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination unto him. If you've got your Bibles, go with me again to Psalm 97. Psalm chapter 97. I want to show you something tonight. I'll give you the title of the message in just a moment. Psalm chapter 97. Verse number 10. Psalm chapter 97 and verse number 10, it says, Ye that love the Lord hate evil. He preserveth the soul of his saints. He delivereth them out of the hand of the wicked. It says, Ye that love the Lord hate evil. Tonight I want to talk to you about the Christian's hate life. I want to talk to you tonight about the Christian's hate life. General Booth, the founder of the Salvation Army, once said he feared the day when the Salvation Army would have a salvation without regeneration, faith without repentance, and heaven without hell. He could have added love without hate, for it is impossible to have true love without hate. One cannot love flowers without hating the weeds. He cannot love health without hating disease. He cannot love God without hating Satan, and he cannot love peace without hating war. The truth is there is no quality without its opposite. There is no high without its low. There is no hot without its cold. There is no large without its small. There is no tall without short and no in without out. There is no merit in a plus without the potential of a minus. There is no true patience without the potential of impatience. There is no true good without the potential of bad. And there is no courage without fear. There is no true gentleness without strength. No admirable kindness without the potential of temper, and certainly one cannot love if he does not hate its opposite and its enemy. Patience, patience without potential impatience is laziness. Courage without potential fear is recklessness. Gentleness without potential strength is pacifism. Kindness without potential temper is weakness. A smile without a potential frown is unawareness, and love without hate is hypocrisy and is not love at all. The truth is that one loves as much as he hates. 
The more a mother loves her child, the more she hates the cancer that would take her child's life. The more a gardener loves his flowers, the more he hates the weeds that surrounds them. The more a mechanic loves his automobiles, the more he hates the rust that paralyzes them. The more a judge loves justice, the more he hates the crime. The more a doctor loves his patients, the more he hates the germs. The more a Christian loves God, the more he hates the sin and the things that are against Christ. Tonight I want to talk to you about the Christian hate life. We look at that word hate, and I, I know many of us parents have said, oh, that's a bad word. And the son, daughter, we shouldn't hate. Yet here in these verses we've just looked at tonight, we see that God hates some things. God hates some things. And I want you to understand tonight what we're talking about. I don't want you to take this out of context and say, Pastor told me to go out and hate people. No, no, you ought never to hate people. You ought to hate. Uh, Brother Juan, thank you for laughing at that point. That scares me. Brother Juan doesn't hate people, just, just some of them. All right? Just individuals. <laughs> yeah, amen. But folks, the word hate, it's important to comprehend what it means. To hate means to dislike greatly or to have a great aversion or to be in opposition to. To have real love, hate must be on the opposite end of the spectrum. What should the Christian hate? Well, if he's going to be biblical about it, he should hate what God hates. From our text tonight, we see first and foremost that the Christian should hate sin. I'm going to jump microphones, Leo, real quickly. The Christian should hate sin. You see, in our passage, in our text, in Proverbs in chapter 6, it says, These six things doth the Lord hate. Yea, seven are an abomination on him. It's kind of funny. In the English language, the word hate is not even the most powerful word for dislike. Just so you know that, all right? There are other more powerful words than hate. But we see here that God hates six things. Yes, seven are an abomination to him. And he goes through a list, and I don't want to go through that list necessarily tonight. What I want to do is I want to say that God hates sin. God hates sin. What should the Christian hate? Number one, he should hate sin. We should hate pride. We should hate lies. We should hate abortion. We should eat evil thoughts. We should hate wicked desires. We should hate divisiveness. We should hate alcohol. We should hate drugs. We should hate pornography. We should hate perversion and gossip. We should hate fornication and adultery. We should hate divorce and bitterness. We should hate jealousy and envy. We ought tonight, we, Christians, we ought to hate sin. You see, in Psalm 97, it says, Ye that love the Lord hate evil. What a have a hate for those things that are wrong. And tonight, I know some of you say, Well, well Pastor, I, I'm divorced. Does that mean you hate me? No, it doesn't. But we ought to hate divorce because it ruins what God ordained in the Garden of Eden. I don't hate the divorced person. I hate what divorce does to a home. Man, you can't be around too long before you see how negative and, and how hurtful divorce is. You don't have to be around very long to see how fornication defiles and how adultery destroys to hate it. You see, folks, we ought to hate those things. See, in our, in our culture today, we have tried to, to blend the white and the black. We've tried to blend the good and the bad. And we've tried to make everything okay, but God says it's not. He said, I hate sin. And tonight, Christian, I want you to come to a place in your life where you look at sin, and I'm not talking about the individual tonight. Don't you for one second tonight say, Pastor hates somebody or Pastor told me to hate anybody. I want you tonight to understand we ought to hate the sin in people's lives. And we ought to hate the sin in our life. I grow weary of us as we whitewash our hands, as, as we soft soap sin, as we make certain things. You know, there used to be things that we called sin that today we don't anymore. In our country, it used to be wrong to murder an innocent child. It did. 
There was a day and a time when that was considered murder. Today, it's been given a, a, a whitewashed name of abortion. And people that are for abortion are not called pro-death or pro-murder. They're called pro-choice. You understand what's taking place? You see, we've, we've refused to call sin, sin. And we've stopped hating sin. We ought to hate it when someone falls into wickedness and godlessness. Not hate the individual, but hate what's causing that. We ought to hate it when someone gets bitter. In our own lives, we ought to hate the jealousy that rises up when someone else succeeds where we have failed. We ought to hate sin. We should hate sin because of what it does to people. Because of what it does to our friends and our loved ones. Last night, Brother Faulkner and I made a visit and went to a house and visited a young person who's going through a terrible trial in their life. Drugs have entered the home. It's threatening to destroy the marriage. It's threatening a, a little year and a half child in that home. I hate what drugs does. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it as it, it takes a marriage and it defiles it. I hate it as it takes the love that those two people had and the love that those two people shared and it destroys it. I hate that. I hate, I hate those drugs that enter it. I hate that alcohol. Boy, a couple years ago, I, I, was, I was taking some of our young people home and as I, as I walked, as I pulled up to the, 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 the sidewalk there by their house, a, a man came running out of the house and he had blood on his hand and, and I had my windows down. It was in the middle of the summer and he put, his, he put his hand on the window. I never met him before and he said, man, you better get out of here. There's something going on. I didn't know what was going on. But I had to drop off a couple of them kids. A couple of them kids had to go into that house. And I walked those kids up to the house. And I went in and there was a police officer standing there. The police officer was waiting for one of their parents. And I walked in, made sure they were okay. And I asked that officer, I said, is there anything I can do? He said, he said, he said oh, I, I got it, I got it. And all of a sudden the back door began to open. He said, you know what, why don't you take the kids and stay with them for a few minutes. And I watched as that poor man, not poor man, I watched as that police officer took that man and put him to the ground because he was drunk and out of his mind. And I watched as he was taken away. I watched as the kids cried and tears came down their cheeks. I hate alcohol. I hate the sin. I, I, you say, oh, oh pastor, it's, it's okay in moderation. No, you, 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 you wait till you see the dark side of it, my friend. You should hate it. You see, again, we've tried to soft soap it. We've tried to make it okay. Talked to someone recently that attends our Reformers Unanimous, and they said, hey, Pastor, don't worry about me. I only drink when I want to now. I hate it. I hate it. My heart broke, and I said, you're a fool. I said, it's going to destroy you. I said, it is going to wait until you are at the wrong moment. I said, it is going to absolutely destroy you and defile you. I hate sin. You see, folks, tonight we need to come back to an old-fashioned Christianity that says we hate sin and we hate the vileness and we hate the wickedness of what it brings. We hate it instead of welcoming it into our homes, instead of shaking hands with it as it enters our doorways, and we say, oh, it's not a problem. Folks, some of us have desensitized ourselves to the vileness and the vulgarity of the wicked. I mean, we can turn on a television and watch as they take the name of Jesus Christ in vain. We can watch television as those people strip their clothes off and are naked in, the, in our sight. And we don't do anything about it. In fact, we indulge in it. We ought to hate sin. Hate it. Man, pray for those people that are hurting. Pray for those people that are doing it. Pray for those people that are being deceived by it. But hate the sin. You say, Pastor, it's, it's, it's hard. It's hard because people might think I'm harsh. Friend, I'm going to tell you something. It, it, 
And not if you have the love of God inside of you. Man, I have chewed people out in my office for something they're doing. And when we're done, I've watched as they have walked out of my office with tears in their eyes. Not because they were angry at me, because they knew I loved them. And they maybe didn't agree with me, and maybe we didn't see eye to eye on it, but they knew I loved them. And folks, tonight we need to come back to a place in our lives where we hate sin. It says, these six things doth the Lord hate. It said, ye that love the Lord hate evil. God says there's some things that I hate. He said there's some things that defile my people. He said it is sin. We ought to hate sin tonight. Secondly, take your Bibles to Psalm chapter 119. Psalm in chapter 119. Verse number 104, the Bible says, Through thy precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. It says, through thy precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. I said, number one tonight, the Christian should hate sin. I say, number two tonight, the Christian should hate every false way. You say, what's the difference? I'll tell you. See, that false way, that's a philosophy of life. We have humanism. We have atheism. We have communism. We have socialism. We have spiritualism. We have ecumenicalism. We have whateverism. Amen? We have all sorts of these things. And for, to people, that it's, it's a mindset. It's a way of life. And, and, and the Bible tells us here, it says, I hate every false way. I hate every false way that, that says there's a different way to God. I hate every false way that is tried for happiness and peace and contentment. I hate every, every way that says you can be born again by being baptized or by joining a church. I hate every false way that rears its ugly head up against God and says there's another way. I hate every philosophy that rears its head against a merciful and gracious and long-suffering God. I hate every false way that lifts man above God, that lifts worship over the Savior, that lifts the Creator or the creation over the Creator. I hate every false way that makes us Lord instead of recognizing the Lord of Lords. I hate every false way that makes us a king instead of recognizing the King of Kings. I hate those false ways because I love God's way. Jesus said in John chapter 14 and verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by me. I love that way. And yet today in our world, we have embraced all sorts of philosophies that are against the book. And tonight, my friend, I wish that we would come back to a godly way of thinking. I wish we'd come back to a Christian manner that says this is the way God said it, this is the way that He put it, and that's the way it is. For too long, we've tried to, tried to argue our way out of God's will and out of God's book. We've tried to tell God that that's not the way it is, yet that's just the way it is. And I hate every false way. Folks, there's going to come a day when those people stand in front of God and those people that have practiced humanism and those people that have practiced atheism and they stand in front of the God of gods and they're going to be condemned to an eternity of hellfire forever. And I'll tell you why. It's because of their false way. You say, oh, those, those people, Pastor, they're sincere. They're sincerely wrong. You say, but, but, but Pastor, don't, don't you think that just because people are well-meaning that God will understand? No, I don't. Because God in His Word says there's only one way. Jesus, by His own voice, said there's only one way. The Holy Spirit in our hearts tells us there's only one way. And I, tonight, I, I hate every philosophy that rears its head against an Almighty God. And folks, we've got it today. You walk into most churches and they've elevated worship over 
the one we're supposed to be worshiping. Talked to a man this morning. He said, oh, he said, he said, I used to be a member of a, of a, of a, of a, of a praise band. And he said, he said, me and eight other members, it was a nine-member praise band. He said, boy, he said, he said, after a while we could really get rocking and the spirit would start to move. Heaven help us. If you think that is the spirit of God, you're being deceived. That's a false way. It's a false way when we say, oh, let's use, let's use outside stimulus to, 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 to get the Holy Spirit in. No, you know what you need to do to get the Holy Spirit of God to work in your life? You need to get into the book, you need to get into prayer, and you need to hit the altar. That's what you need. You need to humble yourself in the sight of God, and then He says, I will exalt you in due time. If you want the Spirit of God to touch your life, my friend, we've got to come to a place not where we're haughty and we're arrogant and we're proud, but where we are broken. And we beg God to put us together. I hate every false way that exalts itself against the Lord. And folks, today our so-called Christianity is full of them. We are trying to get people in the church doors by worldly methods. Uh, I listened to a fellow preach this week, and one of the points he brought out, as he said, is your church attracting people or is your church reaching people? Do you know that when we try to paint the church attractive to the world, we are going with the world's methods? Now, folks, the church ought to be a place of love, and the church ought to be a place of Christian fellowship, and the church ought to be a place of grace, and the church ought to be a place of mercy. But I'm going to tell you something right now. We are never going to attract the world with that book. You've got to reach them. You say, oh, they'll, 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 they'll come in the doors because of... No, no they won't. You've got to go out and reach them. That's why I said you've got to go to the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in. And again, I'm for being a church that's loving. And I'm for being a church that's caring. But folks, I'm going to tell you something. We've got to take the old-fashioned gospel to people and say, this is how you're born again. And when they get saved, my friend, all of a sudden the Holy Spirit of God comes into their lives and says, this is what you need to hear. This is what is true. And folks, I've got to tell you tonight, I hate every false way that exalts itself against the Lord. Take your Bibles with me to Psalm chapter 101. I'm not going to be long tonight. I say that every week and it never happens. Amen? So number one, I hate sin. I hate sin. And folks, I don't hate sin because I hate sin. I hate sin because God hates sin. Number two, I hate every false way. I hate every false way. Number three tonight, Psalm chapter 101 and verse 3. It says, I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. I hate the work of them that turn aside, it shall not cleave to me. I got to thinking about this. I thought, number one, I, I'm, I'm to hate sin. Number two, I'm to hate every false way. Number three, I'm to hate turning aside. I'm to hate quitting. Quitting. Today's churches are lacking for people who will just stick by the stuff. My mother, as a child, taught us a statement, winners never quit, and quitters never win. There's a huge difference, let me say this, there's a huge difference between quitting and losing. Quitting means you never had a chance. Losing means time ran out. Do you understand that? I mean, folks, you, you give me a guy, you give me a little guy with some guts, and I'll show you somebody that will eventually win. It, it might be lonely, but it's worth it. The right way is always more work, and it always takes more effort. But I, for friends tonight, it's worth it. 
talent is God-given, but character is forged by preservation and perseverance. Folks, I look tonight and, and I look at some Christians, I look at some people, and I thank God that many of you in this room, you've stuck by the stuff for many years. Well, Brother Leo, he preached at a badger camp yesterday, and we were, we were talking about all the many years he's been involved in our junior church. And what did you say, 1984? It's a long time, Brother Leo. He's been faithful to do that. He's been faithful to pick up boys and girls on the buses. He's been faithful to teach a Sunday school class. He's been faithful to preach to our Sunday school crowd. And I praise God for that faithfulness. And I look out tonight and I see a host of people who have been faithful to, through the years. And I praise the Lord for that. But I want to tell some of you tonight, you need to get faithful. You need to get to a place in your life where you're not going to quit. You need to look in the mirror and say, you're not a quitter, you're not a quitter, you're not a quitter. And you need to turn around and you need to go out and serve God. We need some people who instead of retiring are going to refire for the Lord. Amen? I mean, they're going to get excited about serving God and they're just going to stick with it. we got people who say, well, well, the messages aren't doing it for me anymore, Pastor. The church doesn't touch my heart like it used to. I'm going to tell you, that isn't the church's fault. It's yours. You need to get to a place in your life where God speaks to you again. You say, Pastor, I've read the Bible multiple times and I'm just not getting anything like I used to. That's not God's fault. And it's not the Word of God's fault. Something's wrong in your life. I'm not quitting. I'm not quitting. See, we need to hate quitting. We need to hate quitting. We need to get on board and we need to stick it out. Psalm chapter 23 and verse 4 it says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. We need to stop lying down in that valley and giving up. Too many Christians tonight, oh, they might be here in body, they might be here in the flesh and blood, but their spirit is elsewhere. You've checked out. You said, I'm tired of, of, of giving everything to the Lord. I'm, I'm, trying, I'm tired of trying to be faithful. I'm tired of, of trying to stick with it. Tonight, my friend, you need to go home and you need to say, I hate quitting. Psalm chapter 101 and verse 3, it says, I hate the work of them that turn aside. It means once upon a time they walked in the path. Once upon a time they were in the way. Once upon a time they were following God, but they turned aside and they got out and they quit. I hate quitting tonight. This church needs some people who instead of throwing in the towel, get back up in the battle. And I want to say this, if you've never been in the battle, then get on board. When the devil comes to you and tells you to quit, you tell him to go home. That's the nice way of telling him something else, amen? You're following, right? Yeah, some of you wake up, get with the program. Folks, I hate quitting. A week and a half ago, my father and my brother and I went out for breakfast. And Ted and I got to talking. And Ted and I, we never, we never can sit down for longer than 10 minutes without beginning to argue about everything in the world. And we got to arguing, I'm, I'm sorry, conversing heatedly. And we got to talking. And we were talking, you know what we were talking about? Which one's more competitive? He said, Andy, he said, he said I was more competitive than you were. I said, no, you weren't. I said, Ted, I was far more competitive than you were. No, no, no. And we went back and forth probably for 15 or 20 minutes talking about which one was more competitive. And folks, I'm going to tell you something tonight. Some of us as Christians need to come to a place in our lives where we say, I'm just not quitting. Life might be hard and life might be difficult. Church might be tough to walk in the doors. Every time I do, every time I hear the message, tears come down my face. God breaks my heart, but I'm not quitting. 
I'm sticking with it because I hate quitting. I'm not getting out of the battle. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not falling aside. I'm not lying down in the valley of the shadow of death. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep persevering. And yes, my ministry might change. God may allow things in my life that change what I used to do, but I'm not quitting. Man, folks, uh, tonight, I just wish we'd grab hold of this. Because some of us in our lives, we, 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 we kind of we got that little thing in the corner, and, and we, we keep it close to us, and we say, well, well, well if this ever happens, I'm out of here. What's wrong with you? I mean, tonight, some of you in your marriage, you say, well, well, well if it ever gets this bad, I'm done. What's wrong with you? Young people, some of you tonight in your hearts, you say, this, this Christianity thing, I'm only, I'm only doing it because mom and dad make me. What's wrong with you, young people? We ought to hate quitting. I mean, I'm so thankful tonight that my Savior didn't quit. I'm so thankful that, that, that Jesus, as he was being beaten and as he was being scourged and as he was being mocked, as he was carrying the cross up to Calvary, I'm so thankful that he didn't say, okay, I've had enough, I'm done. I'm thankful that he said it is finished. Aren't you? Aren't you thankful that, 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 that he lifted his voice in the seventh time Jesus spoke on the cross? He lifted his eyes up to heaven and said, it is finished. It is done. It is paid. It is over. He didn't quit. He didn't quit. And tonight, some of us Christians, we need to look in the mirror and we just need to, get, we need to have an old-fashioned revival and say, God, I'm not going to quit on you. And God, I'm hurting. And God, I've failed. And God, I'm down. But I'm not quitting. The Bible says in Proverbs 24 and verse 16, For a just man falleth seven times, yet riseth up again. You know what that means? He just doesn't quit. He says, you can knock me down. He says, I can fail. I can fall. I can blow it. I can screw up. I can do all sorts of things, but I'm getting up again. I'm not failing. I'm not, I'm not staying down. I'm not a quitter. Some of us just need to get in the battle and get on God's side and don't quit. Hey, Christian, tonight, can I ask you about your hate life? You say, well, well, well <laughs> Pastor, you know, I, I, it's not nice to hate. God does. God does. See, I said, number one, God's hate, God hates sin. I said, number two, God hates every false way. I said, number three, God hates quitting. And I just wondered in my own life, do I? Do I? God's kingdom is full of people who once got in the battle. And because they got beat up, because they failed, because they got offended, because they, they made a terrible mistake, tonight they're sitting at home. Tonight they've, they've thrown in the towel. Tonight they're done. And they say no more. And oh, they, they may still claim the blood of Jesus. I pray that they do. And they may still talk a little bit of Christianity from time to time, but they're done. They've retired from the war. They've walked away from the battle. Tonight, I'm talking to a crowd of people that I just want to beg you, don't quit. Don't quit. Man, our church needs you. Our church needs you. Our church needs people who just say, I'm here for the long haul. I'm here, you know, as, as Mrs. Boom, 95 years old last week, or a week and a half ago, and God took her to heaven, Amen. I mean, she was faithful unto death. She said, I'm going to be here. I'm going to be involved. I'm going to be a part as long as God allows me. As long as the word of God is being preached, as long as the gospel is going out, I'm going to be a part. 
I'm not quitting. And folks, tonight I just wish some of us would get a little bit of that in our heart and a little bit of our soul and just say, I'm not quitting. Hey, Pastor, I, 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 I'm here. Hey, Lord, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not walking out of the battle. we got too many Christians today who, who they like to hop around and, and find somebody to tickle their ear and somebody to, to pat them on the back. Folks, you ought not to need anything other than the Holy Spirit of God telling you in your heart that God is pleased. Well, 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 well they didn't recognize me. You ought not to need to be recognized to serve God. You understand that? You, you, ought, you ought not to get offended about that. That ought not to bother you. If you get praised, praise the Lord. If you get encouraged, Praise the Lord. If you get noticed, praise the Lord. If you don't, praise the Lord. Folks, can I tell you, you get more rewards in heaven when you don't get noticed than when you do. Do you understand that? I mean, some of us, we're all caught up about serving God because we want a reward down here on earth. Heaven help us. I mean, we give somebody a check for 150 bucks, that don't go very far. You give somebody something in heaven, the moth and rust do not corrupt, thieves do not break in or steal, and it lasts forever. Man, put some treasures up in heaven and stop worrying about if you're getting the praise that you deserve. Just serve God. Just serve, stop entertaining those ideas of quitting. And I look at, and folks, I love you, but, but, I, but I, it, it hurts me, man. It hurts my heart when people say, well, pastor, we, we, we tried. And try again. It's just not working out for us. Man, then get up and go at it from a different angle. I remember sitting, Erica, I'm going to use you as an example tonight. I remember Erica, Erica doing algebra in our Christian school. And Erica and I hated algebra together. I could explain algebra to every other kid, and every other kid would get it. And Erica would look at me and go, <laughs> she had the goofiest laugh. I couldn't do it if my life depended on me, wouldn't want to do it. But she'd sit there and she'd just look at me. And I remember I'd have to explain it one way, and I'd have to explain it another way, and I'd explain it a different way. And finally I'd explain it away, and all of a sudden, Erica, you could see the lights go on. Ding, there it was. You know what, I'm going to tell you this, I appreciated the fact that Erica didn't check out on me. I mean, she stuck in there with me, I stuck in there with her, and we got algebra together. By the time I got done teaching algebra to Erica, I know algebra six ways to Sunday. I can explain it in my sleep, I can, I can do it backwards, forwards, upside, I, I could do it. But I'm going to tell you something, see, sometimes folks, we just got to come to a place in our life where we say, I'm not going to quit, I'm going to get it. And man, I don't care if the door is closed. I'm going to keep hitting it until God opens that son of a gun. I mean, folks, we have, we've gotten to a place in our lives. We say, well, well, I did my part. I mean, what do they say? Statistics say it takes a person seven times to hear the gospel before they get saved. Now, no single person is a statistic. I get that. But do you know what that means? Is if Jim Holfeld needs to get saved, I need to tell him once and twice and three times, and four times, and five times, and six times, and seven times, statistically, before he's going to make a decision. That tells me I can't quit. You say, well, I told him once. Well, tell him again. You say, well, well, I witnessed to my grandma once. Tell her again. Well, I, 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 I talked to my friend at work once. Tell him again. Stop quitting. I mean, folks, we, we have convinced ourselves we've done our Christian duty, and folks, we've not. We have not done our Christian duty. Man, Jesus took, said to Peter, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And then Peter blasphemed and denied Christ. And then Jesus came to him and said, Peter, follow me again. Where is that in Christianity? I mean, folks, honestly, I think Peter hurt the Lord. Don't you? 
I think when Jesus Christ looked and saw Peter and Peter ran out weeping, I think the Lord was hurt. I think Jesus Christ, His spirit was crushed because His most faithful, loyal follower had denied Him. And yet after Christ was risen, you know who He sought out? He said, Peter, come here. He said, Peter, you and I got to talk. He didn't quit on Peter. And I look at this, folks, and I look at this, this whole concept of quitting, and I look at it from every different angle. We ought not to quit. Man, don't quit on somebody because they hurt you. Go to them. A while back here, I had, a, I had an individual, and I'll not give you any details, but that individual said some things about me that were not true. That individual said some things that, that I had done that were wrong and out of line. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. And I went to that man, and I made it right with that man, and I reconciled that man to me. He was the one that said some things about me. I didn't say anything about him. I never said a word. He left the church. He was out of it. He walked away from it. said, I'm done. And it's fine. That's fine. But he said some things that hurt me. But it was my job not to quit on him. And tonight, folks, we got to get this in our minds. You know what? I hate quitting. I'm not quitting on God. I'm not quitting on me. And I'm not quitting on others. I'm in it for the long haul. I hate quitting. Psalm 101, verse 3, it says, I hate the work of them that turn aside. Hey, tonight, Christian, do you, do you hate quitting? You know, we, every once in a while, we, somebody comes into church, and they come for two or three weeks, and then they kind of get out and don't ever come back. And I, I'll stop in, knock on the door, and say, hey, how you doing, man? What's going on? We missed you, church. I, I tried it. It just didn't work for me. You quit. You quit. Man, you got to get in. you got to stay in. You can't throw in the towel. You can't quit. You got to keep at it. Folks, I'm going to tell you something tonight. Nothing in this life worth getting came on the first try. I'm dead serious. Man, Abraham Lincoln, you go through his record as a politician. Not the best, was it? But he kept plugging along. Praise God, the north defeated the south, the brother leopard. Praise the Lord. <laughs> the right side won. Can you believe it? Sean Leopard, born and raised in Iowa, is a southerner. How does that happen? You pray for brother leopard. South Iowa. Something's wrong with him. But folks, he persevered. Now, he persevered politically. But what about some of us persevering spiritually? What about some of us just keeping on? What about some of us just going the extra mile? What about some of us just saying, you know what? It's tough and it's hard and I'm tired. God says to us, be not weary in well-doing for in due season you shall reap if ye faint not. They're falling out in the battle. They're walking slowly with their helmets in their hand going to the sidelines and saying, I'm tired. I'm tired. Folks, you find anybody that's serving God and they're tired. They're weary. We've got a pastor brother from Pennsylvania tonight. And if you were to share his testimony, I'm sure he could tell you he gets tired serving the Lord. Brother Juan, you got tired in Brazil, didn't you? Had to bring his family home, get his wife healthy again. You get tired. It's weary. 
You look at our Christian school, man. Miss Uradel, Brother Dahl, Miss Mary, they get tired, man. They get weary. Came in early a few times this last week. I was in at 6.30 and Beth Uradel was already here at school. What's wrong with her? I don't know. But you get tired. You get tired serving God. I know many of you here in this room, boy, you, Brother Hager, you come in and you, 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 you pick up kids on Sunday and then you take them home Sunday. You get tired. Yeah, they're loud. You say, I got a headache and they don't care. You just keep going. You just keep persevering. Why? Because I, I hate quitting. God hates them that turn aside from the way. God, you hate quitting, don't you? God, I'm going to stay faithful. God, I'm going to be faithful unto death. I'll close with 1 Corinthians in chapter 4, verse number 2. It said, it's required in stewards that a man be found what? You know what faithful means? He's not a quitter. <laughs> it means he sticks by it. He sticks by it when it's easy. He sticks by it when it's not. And tonight, I just want to challenge you. I want to talk to you, hey. The Christians hate life. Do you hate sin? Do you hate sin? Do you hate what our culture does? Man, I, I do. I get fired up every time I turn on the cotton picking news. And they show some vile, wicked, nasty th situation going on. And it just, it just stokes my fire. Do you hate every false way? Do you, do you hate it that in our public schools that evolution is taught instead of creation? Do you hate it in our schools that humanism is taught instead of the Lord Jesus Christ? And thirdly, do you hate quitting? You say, Pastor, I don't know if I can go on. Hate quitting and you'll go on. You hate quitting. You just come to a place in your life where you say, I'm not giving up. I'm sticking in. And folks, you let God bless. Let's go and stand to our feet. Folks, tonight I've tried to get across a real couple simple points. God says, I hate some things. He said, I hate them. He said, Pastor, don't, don't use that word around my kids. Well, God did. God does. God hates sin. He says it's, it's an abomination to him. God hates every false way. And God hates quitting. Hey, Christian, how about you? Tonight... Where are you at? As the instruments begin to play, if the Lord's laid something on your heart, you come to the altar.
Well, praise the Lord. You keep praying for Erica Tuesday morning. You got to get down to Iowa City early, don't you, young lady? Yeah, you pray for Erica. Pray that the tests come back well, um, that there's no major concerns, and that uh, that would be a wonderful blessing to her and to the family. But uh, just uh, you hold her up before the Lord. Folks, thanks for being here. Thank you for being faithful. Let's keep it up. God's doing something. By the way, I do want to say thank you to the fellows who helped pour that slab of cement out there. It's the most beautiful slab of cement you've ever seen. Amen. Is it George 28 by 48? And they didn't even let me carve my initials in it. Isn't that terrible? I mean, I was hurt. That was, that was a blow to my ego. And I was only going to put Jesus saves. I mean, it was going to be spiritual. And a few other things, amen. But no, praise the Lord. Next couple weeks, guys, Lord willing, we're going to have a barn raising, so to speak. We're going to be putting the walls up and uh, plan on helping us if you can. We'll get some details out, Lord willing, in the, sometime this week. But uh, we're looking forward to getting that thing up and uh, using it for God's glory. But let's have a word of prayer. We'll be dismissed tonight. Brother Gustafson, did I say that right? I, I can say your name. I can't say your brother-in-law's. Hey. I like that guy, Juan. He's a good man. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, this is just so you know, Brother Gustafson, he married Amy's sister, Elizabeth. Am I right? Elizabeth, all right. And uh, praise the Lord. They've got six children. Juan and Amy just passed them with seven. And uh, I was trying to figure out why they had twins, and now I know. It's been a competition all along. She... <laughs> All right, Brother Juan, did you hear that? Yeah, praise the Lord. Okay. All right, Brother Gustafson, you close us with a word of prayer.